You know the thing that sucks the most about business and being an entrepreneur is the food. You seriously are running 50 miles a minute as an entrepreneur and the only thing you can keep up with or that can keep up with you are wild cheetahs. Feline meat, by the way, is super gamey if you can even make it past the purring and the fur. Hustlers, I'm Asenneth Horton, and this is Hustle and Grow, a podcast where we take a normal person who's launched something completely badass, and we get real with what makes them tick. Today on Hustle and Grow, our guest is Jim Birch. Jim, I've known for many, many years, and he is a very, very awesome guy inside of the tech space. He's launched a handful of different companies, and right now he's working on one called Filtry, F-I-L-T-R-I-E. He's been presenting across the United States, talking about Filtry, and basically what it is and what he is, is revolutionary. Here to tell you a little bit more about Filtry and to talk about entrepreneurship in general is Jim Birch what it is that you do and how you got started in this industry. Sure. Uh, you know, it's really a funny story because uh, I think all of us can relate to my experience or my inspiration. And it was a few years ago when I was watching television with uh, my two teenage girls, uh, at least they were teenagers at the time. And, um, you know, one of those commercials came on. And, and I think, you know, the kind of commercial I'm talking about that you want with a, a sexual product very awkward a lot of silence and in fact that's when you realize how long 30 seconds can really last and it was at that point i really started to take note about tv advertising in terms of how uh, unfocused it is how um, in some cases offensive but it's just not relevant to to my life my my interest and my values and so it was at that point i, I realized there had to be a better way and i started filtry which is a company that can deliver tv ads based on the actual viewer and what we do is we empower viewers to start setting limits on TV ads. So if you don't want your you know, 12-year-old seeing the beer and the condom ads, that's great. We'll put something else in its place. Or if you're a diabetic, you know, we take all the sugary foods out and put in something that's healthy. Um, so it's, it's, it, that, that was really kind of the inspiration. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. And I know I've got teenagers as well. And when I remember when my kids were very young, and having some of those same things, and granted, some of the advertisements that are questionable have been pulled off legally, but you know, there's still plenty of them out there thinking about some of the Super Bowl commercials that we all watch sometimes. They're just a little bit questionable. So I think that's I think that's wonderful. And it's called Filtry and it's a technology. How long have you been working on this particular piece of technology? Well, you know, I actually started when I was working for a research center back on the on the East Coast. And this is a really crazy place. Um, this is literally where color television was invented in the 60s. Um, it was a very, very old building. I think it was built in like 1942 and you had all these physicists and scientists roaming the halls very interesting place and and it really started back then and I started looking at TV advertising and um, I actually ended up filing some patents in 2007 which have recently started to issue uh, so I'm kind of a unique startup in the sense that uh, we actually have uh, three issued patents that cover our technology and it's it really predates anybody else in this space 
Mm-hmm. Which I think that's uh, fantastic. I guess it shows your passion and your love for what you're doing now, which let's go ahead and chat a little bit about some of the challenges you've had along the way. Because like you said, you've had to work with patents and it sounds like you've been working with some of these um, issues for many, many years. So tell me a little bit about one of the things inside of your business now that's been really challenging and how you've overcome that. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing about when you're, cha- when you're transforming an industry is it affects a lot of different people. And these are, you know, changing TV advertising. You're talking about, at least in the U.S. alone, about a $100 billion a year industry. And you've got a very interesting ecosystem that's, that's been around for 50, 60 years. So how do you go about changing that? Um, our, our business model, um, you know, it, it does it in a way that it, it still incentivizes and rewards people for content and, and things of that nature. But because it's a change, it represents risk. And so you look at all these big companies, and they could be the, 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 the broadcasters, the carriers, the advertisers, the ad agencies. You've got all these people in the mix. And part of what you have to do is a little fish is try to find value for the big fish so that they understand and they're not threatened and and that they can come along and participate um and, and that's that's what we've been doing it's, it's it's really been a big challenge um just because of what we're doing is so completely um different than what they're doing today but when you but when you understand what we're doing and and how we're doing it it makes a lot of sense it's like yes this is the way it should be and it's just a matter of helping the industry uh, transform and surviving along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's huge. Something that just popped into my head is as you're doing what you're doing, what other types of technology do you see this influencing in the future? Well, so the way our, our technology or our patents work is that we detect the proximity of your cell phone to the TV. And then based on, on on your profile that you've provided, so this is all opt-in, we're not spying on you or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But based on that, we, we change the, the, the TV ad. So when the Zenith walks into the living room with your iPhone in your pocket, you know, we detect your, your iPhone. We say, oh, you know, Zenith is here and the TV ads change accordingly. But this isn't limited to just in-home. I mean, you, you've probably seen the show Minority Report. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. And, you know, it's when Tom Cruise steps off the train and it does the retinal scan, right? Well, it's kind of the same thing in the sense, but it's not a retinal scan. You can walk off the train and because we can detect the proximity of your cell phone now, all of a sudden that kiosk display would change. So anywhere you have those type of, you know, electronic devices and and the ads change on one because you get closer to it with your your iPhone, you know, it it can affect kiosks, it can affect electronic billboards, it can affect a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fantastic. So you're talking about, I mean, as you're talking about this, basically a big revolution that you're helping to change just inside of how ads are delivered, there's a lot of things that this is going to affect eventually. That's right. And I think very, the biggest, very cool. you know, again, it, it comes back to consumers, to viewers. I mean, right now, because the ads are so Annoying is probably the the a mild word for what we you know for what we yeah. normally call. Them. I mean, we all use DVRs. In fact, I'm probably the worst offender. I use a DVR just so to to jump through the commercials because I hate them. They're, you know, the stupidest things that have I have no interest in whatsoever. But if if we can change that dynamic, pull the viewer in, have them share with us what's of interest. Like, say for example, you're going to Costa Rica on vacation in a in a year, or you want to. Okay, you update your profile, and guess what? We start sending you. Hey, here's a special to Costa Rica or 
you know, whatever it happens to be, or here's a, um, you know, a scuba package in Costa Rica, you're probably going to watch those ads and all of a sudden it becomes much more interesting and valuable to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we're talking about doing is really bringing the, the viewer back into the equation. Right now, the, the viewer is used and abused by, by everybody. It's just, it's, it, it seems like it's a competition to see how many ads they can throw at us before we, we change the channel or, or we use the DVR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And this is just, it's creating relevancy between an irrelevancy and even a bigger thing. It's creating a relationship between that advertiser and the consumer of the product. I think that's fantastic. Yep. Okay. So tell me, you know, along your way, and maybe this is a little bit more recent, you just, you decide how you want to answer this, but a few successes along the way, things that have worked really, really well. Well, I'll tell you one of the big successes was, was actually the getting the patents. <laughs> we had to go, uh, I mentioned I filed them in 2007. Um, and, you know, we, we've um, bankrolled it along the way. So we've, we've had to scrimp where we could. But, you know, the patent office kept rejecting us. And that's typically, you know, that's their role, right? Their, their role is, is to weed out. And, um, you know, it's just funny because they'll come up with these rejections. And when we explain to them what the system does and how we do it, you know, it, it forced them to, to, to look at it 180 degrees differently. And it's like, oh, oh, you're doing that. Oh, you know, okay. Their objections would go away. <laughs> so, so it was just funny to see how they had a specific mindset, thought we were going to be doing it a certain way. And when we were explaining to them how, how the system worked and the functionality and how we could, you know, target individuals, you know, there was nothing like that um, um, that they could that they could throw at us to disqualify us. So that to me was a big win, getting the three mm-hmm. patents issued. And we've got more in line that I think are really going to set us apart for decades, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was that was a big win for us. No, huge. That's huge win. I know I've been it's been exciting for me to watch because I've followed you on social media for quite some time. It's been very exciting to watch some of your big wins when it comes to uh, the the far reach that your that your product has inside of the messaging, you know, looking at articles that you've gotten published about you all over the place. It's very exciting for me. And I think that's a pretty good win as well. Yep. So that's wonderful. Well, let's jump into some a little bit more personal about kind of what makes you tick, Jim. I'm sure our listeners are are dying going, okay, this guy's been able to create a very, very cool product and get patents and you're you're penetrating the market nationally, probably internationally, eventually for sure. Um, but what makes you tick? So tell me a little bit about I, a couple of these fun questions here are if you could have a dinner party and have, say, three people over for dinner one night, what would you serve them and who would they be? <laughs> well, I can tell you who they'd be. I have always gravitated towards um, real stories specifically uh, people that have been under enormous pressure, faced insurmountable odds, and were able to overcome. So, you know, again, George Washington, you look at, you know, what's, what's, what's um, just tattooed in my mind is, is him in, at uh, Valley Forge. I lived out actually not too far away from Valley Forge when I was back east. And just thinking about, you know, the struggles that he was going through trying to, um, you know, win, win their battle against uh, Great Britain at the time. So that was a huge, and of course, obviously he did, and, you know, we're, we have our country today. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, same thing. I mean, he went against major, major difficulties. He knew that upon being elected, the South was going to um, cede, and, and we were going to have civil war, and it was a very costly and traumatic event. 
and he he persevered. He stuck with it. Um, mm-hmm. So you know those those types of individuals. Winston Churchill is also another favorite of mine. I think he was. Uh, uh, you know, you just think about being isolated, cut off from the rest of, the, of Europe, um, surrounded almost by by uh, by Hitler, and knowing that he was going to try and invade your country, and instead of trying to find a way to to surrender or to um, have a truce, ceasefire, you know, he basically said that we'll fight you on the beaches, we'll fight you on the streets, we'll fight you in our houses. You know, he just he rallied his, he rallied his people and. You know, you just look at those kind of historical figures, the, the odds that they faced and and what they had to go against kind of gives me hope, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. And I, I love the individuals you've chosen. What would you what would you feed them when you welcome them in, welcomed them into your home? You know, I bought this uh, this uh, roaster uh, uh, roasting grill. It's um, it's one where you put the pellets in and you can smoke all day. And I'll tell you, people who come over, they love my ribs with that that I roast. Um, you okay. Know, I, smoke, I smoke them for a couple of hours and then, you know, cut them up and and people are just like in heaven. So definitely do one of those. And you know, for Thanksgiving, I I call it the Berkey. Uh, I basically take a turkey and I wrap it in bacon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I cook it. Okay. Um, and let me tell you, it's uh, it's it's pretty good too. So those would definitely be on, on on the list. Nice big wins. That sounds that sounds so delicious. By the way, uh, Berkey. And is that is that an invention of yours, or is that something <laughs> you learned about along the way? You know, I was just experimenting one Thanksgiving. I just decided, you know, I like bacon. Turkey to me is okay. It's a little dry at times, and so I thought, well. I wonder if I did this, what it would taste like, and I did it. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, I have a chocolate lab, and she's a great, great dog. But um, she guarded that oven. I mean, she would not leave the front of that oven when I was cooking that Berkey. <laughs> oh my gosh, I could just imagine that. I've got two little dogs. They're both Cairn Terriers, and I've never seen them guarding the oven, but they do guard other oh. things, and I can only imagine a big chocolate lab doing the same thing. Oh. That's great. <laughs> Whenever I'd come check on the on the Berkey or open the door, I mean, she was very attentive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that's fun. That's so funny. Okay, oh. so um, something that people would never guess about you, Jim. Oh boy. Well, I'm old now, but I actually used to be able to play basketball and I actually, uh, at one point could even slam it. So, uh, it's hard to believe if you were to see me now, they would not, they would not guess that. Oh my gosh. Well, you are very tall, so I can totally imagine you playing basketball and doing a slam dunk. I love it. Absolutely love it. I won't challenge you to do that now, but (laughs) I think that's awesome. Okay. So a favorite, a favorite quote you've got for you. A favorite quote, boy, there's so many. Um, I, I, I joke with my wife. I told her, you know, she had to do something very similar for a different show. And uh, I, I gave her a quote that we both laughed about for a long time. Um, she used to always tell me that it's not a nap, it's a siesta. So, but I don't use that as my favorite quote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she would appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, for me, it's really fake it till you make it. Yeah. Uh, you know, with this company, it's uh, again, you know, I'm a small company. I'm going up against, I shouldn't say against, but I'm going in to meet with, you know, the Comcast and the Time Warners and the publicists of the world where they've got, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of employees. And, you know, you, you want to go in and kind of hold your own. And so, yeah, I, I fake it <laughs> until I get that credibility. So, yeah. 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 
Um, any, uh, let me think. The next question I wanted to ask is one thing that you can't live without. Yeah, I tell you, I've, I've got a, an addiction and it is called an infrared sauna. I don't know if you've ever used one of these, but it's not the steam. It's just, it uses the wavelength. Um, okay. So it's, it, they call it, it's a dry sauna, but I, I use it whenever I can. And, and I just, I tell you, it's better than any kind of workout I ever, I, I ever can get. And I come out of there just feeling so, it's like, it's like you leave all of the pollutants and everything behind and you're just like a new person. I mean, I just mm. love it. I do that okay. all the time. That's my weekend activity. Yeah, that makes me wish I had one of those in my backyard or in my basement. <laughs> yeah, nice. I've actually got this in my bedroom. So it's, okay. it's that you can just put right in there and, you know, jump in. Wow. I just love it. Love it, love oh, it, love I it. Uh, yeah, you're making me wish I had one. Totally wish I had one. Um, okay, next question. Three traits that define you. You know, and these are traits that people have told me. I, I, mean, I, I could come up with my own, but I'm sure they're not right. But I've been told that I'm very tenacious, that once I start with something, I see it through. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've been told that I'm, I'm kind. You know, I, uh, I'm not the person who likes to yell or get in fights. And I, I like to be a simple person. I don't... I'm not, a, I don't think I'm very complicated or very, um, you know, demanding. I think, I think I'm fairly straightforward and very, very simple, very direct. Mm -hmm. So kind, simple, and tenacious. Those have got to be some of the best traits ever, uh, at least from my opinion. I think that those are, those will help you triumph any adversity um, just because you keep things simple and you you know, don't overcomplicate and you move forward until you, for some reason, either don't want to move forward or you're complete with your process, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. No, oh, that's awesome. Do you have any f big fears? You know, the biggest fear I have, and this has probably driven me a lot in my, in my career, but it's, it's the fear of letting people down. You know, I just, you know, I can let myself down and I can get past it, but I hate letting others down whether it's in the personal front or work front you know i just it just drives me crazy i just can't do that mm -hmm. yeah so a big fear would be just being in a position where you've let somebody down yeah, you know i, mean, I think it, that's yeah. it makes me think about the story you brought up in the very early phase of our conversation here about your girls your teenage daughters and you know something inside of you Maybe something that was afraid you've let them down, not saying that you did because it's not your fault there's bad commercials on TV, but this yeah. is another, maybe another expression of you just being the best person that you can for your girls. Yeah. I yeah. love it. So is there any life goals that you're working towards? Well, obviously working on, on the startup, getting that off the yep. ground. We're still in development, but that's going to be ending here pretty soon. We've got a major event coming up in February, actually, that's going to give us some very high uh, visibility within the within the cable and media industry. So I'm really excited to see what what transpires from that. Um, but you know, we've got a lot of business goals lined up in terms of you know our launch and and uh, so that's getting to be real exciting. Mm hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, is there any? You know, this is a little bit of a, a different kind of question, but any books like uh, any books that you're either completely engrossed and excited and enjoying right now or something that you love to give away? 
You know, I am reading a book. It's by Senator Mike Lee. It's, it's on our Constitution. I'm about halfway through through it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always, I always find those kinds of historical books very fascinating just to see how things have changed, uh, developed, terminologies, you know, changed, ideology has changed. Um, so it kind of puts things back in perspective. Um, I really have found it a, a very interesting read so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love it. Do you, did you already say the name of it? Did you tell me the uh, name of it? Well, I know it's Mike Lee's. It's uh, something Constitution. I can't remember the first part. Okay. Okay. But it's it's our Senator Mike Lee. That's great. I love the guy. So, okay. Um, I, you know, as we kind of wrap up, I would love to leave people with a little kind of snippet of, of advice from somebody who's, you know, fall, fallen a lot of times, but gotten up more and you just keep on moving forward. What's one piece of advice that you would give either entrepreneurs, CEOs, people who are trying to figure it out? You know, a lot of times when you're trying to do business planning, you really want to know everything. You want to know all the risks, all the pros, all the cons. And and to be honest with you, I think there's something to be said about being naive. Because if people really knew how difficult starting a business, creating the partnerships and doing all that, how, how, how daunting that can be, um, they may not do it. You know, if I had known in 2007 how much this venture was going to cost me both in time and money you know it's debatable whether or not i would have pulled the trigger on it to be honest with you i mean yeah, yeah i had i had you know it was a passion of mine it was but you know so there's a part to be said about being naive mm-hmm. and as you talk about naivety and being in that like actually applying uh what's the advice just go forward jump right. in be okay with failure that's right. Take a leap of faith. The only failure, okay. the only failure that people have is when they don't try. Because I think even in the things that I have not been successful in, I'm not saying failure. I'm saying, you know, things haven't gone the way that I planned, and I had to shut ventures down or whatever. I still learned, so yeah. they were still a positive experience. I think the only time people have failure is when they don't get off the couch or they don't get in the, on the court. You know, they don't even try. That to me is failure. Yeah. I, I love that perspective. I'm a, I'm a fail faster kind of girl because sometimes, and, and I completely agree with you. I think that we're talking about the same thing actually, because I look at the, the things that we look at that we're not satisfied with drive us to do more. And the only time that, that, that should, I mean, that that really does equal failure um, long-term is when we don't get back up and try again. And I absolutely love that. So the leap of faith is the, is the ending note here, Jim, it's been so wonderful to have you on this and do this interview with you. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, you have been an inspiration for me to keep on trucking, um, keep on moving along and, um, show up and do what I know I'm here to do. And I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of our listeners are feeling that same thing and they're excited and they're going to go on with that leap of faith. And um, how do people stay in touch with you, though, so that you can keep on inspiring others? Oh, sure. I mean, you can easily uh, you know, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. Um, so it's just Filtry. Uh, I, I, I love Filtry, I believe it's I love Filtry, F-I-L-T-R-I-E. You can even shoot me an email. I, I typically try to respond to those as you know, fast as I can. It's, Jim.Birch, that's B-I-R-C-H, at Filtree, F-I-L-T-R-I-E.com. Okay. Either, either work. Okay, no, that's great. And, you know, like I like I mentioned, social media, we've got you 
connected on our social media as well. So hopefully we'll stay in touch and uh, you'll see, um, you know, create new relationships as you're going. So, well, with that being said, Jim, thank you so much. And we are over and out. Thanks for listening. This podcast was recorded by me, Aseneth Horton, your host of Hustle and Grow. I'm a serial entrepreneur and expert publicist. I've launched 11 different businesses of my own, including a magazine publishing company, both clothing and jewelry lines, and even a roofing company. I've also helped hundreds of businesses from startup tech to multi-million dollar enterprises run successful marketing and PR campaigns. On top of all of that, I have a confession to make. I sleep, dream, and eat business and never tire of thinking about the possibilities or watching these possibilities come to life when someone or some team is excellent at launching. You know what they say about business, right? Starting a business is like launching a rocket ship. You need all the support and ideas you can get. If you'd like to know more about me or our guests or the podcast in general, or if you'd like to become a supporter, please go to citylaunchpr.com forward slash podcasts. Music on this podcast is by Everything We're Not, and the production is by Aseneth Horton and Company. Ciao!